hey, good morning. So good to have you with us. Do me a quick favor. Drop in the comments below the best thing you did this week. I know for me it was pancakes with my kids on my day off. They just, they eat it up. There's your pun for the morning. Uh, but seriously, drop it in the comments. I'm desperate. I'm like so bored, going stir crazy in my house. Drop something in the comments. Best thing you did this week. I need it. Help me out. I don't know about you, but I am ready. I'm so ready to get back to normal. And one of the things I had to admit to myself this week is that I'm not going back to normal. None of us are going back to normal. Life as we know it has changed. And I just got to confess before we get started, have a confession to make. All my germaphobe friends, I judged you in the past, but I have to confess you were right. And I know you're, you're feeling all good inside right now because the world is full of germaphobes. And you, you were right. I just got to tell you from the outset. And COVID-19, it, it came like a storm, began to change everything around us. And we're beginning to see the signs of getting through the storm, or at least we think. And one of the things that happens when a storm ends is the, the dust begins to settle and you see how much damage it did. And you, you begin to see the new normal that you're living in. What I want to talk about today is not how to get through a storm, although we are going to talk about that, but how to come out better on the other side. So if you'll join me in Mark chapter 4, if you're taking notes, I'm titling this message, Lessons from the Storm. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 38, it starts like this. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, this is important, let us go across to the other side. This is important because before the storm came, he already said they were going to the other side. He continues, and leaving the crowd, they took with him them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waters were breaking into the boats that the boat was already filling with water. You get the picture. The, the, the passage says it's a great windstorm. Another translation says a furious storm. And just for fun, one translation says a furious squall. I don't even know what a squall is, but it's a pretty bad storm, I can tell you that. And The boat's beginning to fill with water, and the disciples are becoming afraid that they're going to drown. Maybe you're feeling that way. Maybe you're feeling like, COVID-19, you're in the middle of a storm. Maybe you're feeling like your situation has you out of control, or maybe you're like me. This, this hasn't affected you the way that it has some others, but you've been in a storm in life, or you know that storms in life will come your way. And Maybe you can't see right now your way back to work. Maybe you can't see a way to pay the bills. Maybe you can't see a way for your family member to get through this. That's exactly where the disciples are. They were focused on their situation, not on who was with them in the boat. But if you look at Jesus, he's doing something completely different. Watch what he does, verse 38. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, check this out, asleep on the cushion. The disciples are freaking out in the boat and Jesus is taking a nap. Maybe that's how you feel right now. You're thinking to yourself, God, are you asleep? God, God, do you not see what I'm going through? God, when's the last time you checked on planet Earth? Because it's going a little crazy around here. We need you to step in. And that's exactly how the disciples felt. They, they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They said, Jesus, we don't think you care about us. And maybe that's how your conversation with God has been recently. God, do you care about me? I thought that you loved me, God, but now I'm beginning to question it. Check out Jesus' response to the disciples when they asked that question. Jesus, do you care? Check out his response. He replies, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Catch this. Before he ever spoke to the storm, 
Jesus spoke to his disciples. Before he addressed the storm in the sea, he addressed the storm in their hearts. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. And the men were amazed and asked, What kind of a man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Jesus calmed the physical storm, but that's not the only storm in the story. And it's probably not the only storm in your life. In the middle of this story, there are three storms going on. I believe there's probably three storms going on in your life during this time. Number one is the physical storm. For them, it was the wind and the waves and the water. For you, it's COVID-19. It's your job. It's your health concerns. It's a very real physical storm. Physical storms can turn into something else. And as your pastor, that's the thing I'm most concerned about is that this physical storm spirals into more than it needs to be. The physical storm can tailspin into more than it has to. What would be one of my greatest concerns is that COVID-19 turns into a bad marriage. That COVID-19 turns into you doubting your faith, that COVID-19 turns into you questioning whether God really cares for you in your life. The physical storm can tailspin into an emotional storm. The storm came and the disciples freaked out. They said, we're going to drown. Maybe that's how you've been during all this. You've been a little on edge during this time. why Why did they panic? They forgot who was with them on the boat and they forgot what he said to them. They failed to anchor their emotions in the presence and the words of Jesus. Maybe the physical storm became an emotional storm for you. My next point is why I'm preaching this message. And that is that the physical storm becomes an emotional storm and that can quickly become a spiritual storm. My greatest concern is this, this becomes a spiritual storm for us. They said, you don't care about us. They even went on to say, who is this? They thought they knew who was with them in the boat, but they didn't. Storms don't Storm, let me say it this way, storms reveal the depth of relationship that we have with God. You've, you've realized through this storm how deep your relationship with God really is. You've realized through this storm whether you're living based on fear or based on faith. You've realized through this storm how close and how intimate you really are with Him. And maybe you're realizing your relationship isn't very deep. And next week we're kicking off a two-week series on prayer that's going to help you to root your life and ground your emotional life into the presence of God through prayer. If you want to have a strong emotional and spiritual life, you got to learn how to pray. The next two weeks, that's what we're focusing on. So show of hands real quick, who has ever been on a boat? All right, I know, you can't show me your hands, but put it in the comments. Last time, when and where you were on a boat. And if it was in some exotic place, I don't want to hear about it. But I just want to put it in there anyway. When and where, last time you were on a boat. Because if you've been on a boat, you know about anchors. And if you've never been on a boat, forgive me. Maybe somebody who has a boat, put in the chat, come take a boat ride with me, okay? They need to get on a boat. But if you've been on a boat, you know about anchors. And Hebrews 6, 19 says, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor for our soul. Why does your soul need anchoring? Well, you can't necessarily control the wind and the waves and the storm, but you can control what you do with it. And you can control where your, where your soul is anchored. You can respond with faith in God. And what does an anchor do? Well, anchors attach themselves to something solid. While everything is moving around us, the anchor is not moving. Once that anchor hooks, honestly, it doesn't matter what happens on the other end of the rope. Because if the anchor hooks, the boat's not going anywhere. The winds can come, the waves can crash, the storm can go crazy. But if the anchor is hooked, the boat isn't going anywhere. That's how an anchor for our soul 
can be. And you may say, Dylan, I want an anchor for my soul. I want God to be the anchor of my soul. How do I do it? Well, I want to give you three things that will help you anchor your soul in God in this storm and in any storm that comes to you in life. Three things. Number one, cultivate the presence of God in your life. Cultivate the presence of God in your life. Psalm 16, 11 reads, God, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You can have joy and pleasure in the storm if you seek the presence of God. Psalm, 9, Psalm 29, 11 says, the Lord gives strength. Who needs some strength? To his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. If you want strength and peace, you need the presence of God. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. If you've got burdens, if you're weary, if your soul is tired, run to Jesus because in the presence of God, you'll find rest for your soul. You say, Dylan, that's great. I want to cultivate the presence of God, but how do I do it? Well, two things, worship and prayer. Worship, Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You'll never enter the presence of God through complaining, but you will enter the presence of God through thanksgiving and praise. When worry is consuming your life and you just keep thinking about all the bad things that could happen, stop and just begin thanking God. Thank Him for the little things, thank Him for the big things. Just begin thanking God and stay in that place of thanking God until you encounter the presence of God, which if you don't know what the presence of God feels like, it feels like love and peace and joy. It feels like a sense of God being in control and us not being in control because that's reality. If you want to worship, go on Spotify, just find some worship music. If you don't know good worship music, post it in the chat. Post your favorite worship album, your favorite worship song. My family, we listen to Confluence Worship all the time. We love it. I get dancing with the kids. We go crazy. Confluence Worship. I'm telling you, if you give thanks and sing praise, put this to the test this week. Cultivate His presence in your life. It will carry you through every season of your life. Number two, we're anchored when we remember God's promise. The Word of God is an anchor to our souls, but it's also a rock that will never be moved. Jesus said it best in Matthew chapter 7. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. I can't overemphasize the importance of reading the Bible. And listen, if, if you don't have a Bible, somebody's going to post it in the chat. You can get a version Bible app for free. Just start reading the gospel of John. There's no greater habit in my life than waking up every morning and just spending some time reading the Bible. It does it does my soul so much good to read those words and then apply those words to my life. And let me just say this. It does no good just to read it. Just reading the Bible does no good in your life. It only does good if you hear the word, Jesus says, and you obey the word. So put me to the test on this. For the next three days, set your alarm 15 minutes early. Open your Bible and read it. And then whatever you read, apply it to your life that day and see if you don't experience the presence of God in your life. Before you check a message in the morning or check your email or check the news, open the Bible and let God speak to you. I heard one pastor say, he said, the news is not to be watched. The news is to be checked. The word of God is to be watched. We want to have our anchor in the word of God so that when every storm of life comes, 
we can cultivate His promises in our life. If you want help reading it, I'm telling you, that number on the, on the screen, that's my personal cell. I'd love to help you read the Bible this week. Number three, we're anchored when we understand God's process. If the disciples would have known that God was going to use the storm to teach them something, they would have cooperated and not resisted. If they would have remembered that Jesus already said, hey, boys, we're going to the other side, they wouldn't have reacted so poorly. That's why Jesus spoke to the disciples before he spoke to the storm. Let me tell you, God wants to speak to you and I right now. He wants to speak a word into our life to help us understand his process in the storm. And you may be saying, Dylan, what does God want to speak to me? Well, I believe it's Romans chapter five, and it reads like this. We rejoice in the midst of our suffering. We rejoice in the glory of God. How can you rejoice in the middle of a storm? Well, because my hope is not in this life. My hope is in the glory of God. My hope is in eternity with Jesus. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces something in us. What does it produce? It produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. How can you rejoice in the middle of a storm? Well, one, because you know that you're spending eternity with Jesus and your hope's not in this life. Number two, you can rejoice in the middle of a storm because you know that if you trust in God through the storm, the storm is producing something in your life. If you've ever grilled a steak, you know what I'm talking about because I've grilled a steak a time or two. And if, if you've got the heat up real high, because you want to you sear the outside of the steak and then slow cook the rest. Just, just saying, if you, if you want to grill a steak this week, that's the way you do it. You sear the outside, slow cook the rest. Well, I've seared that outside before and thought I had the inside good. And I pull it off the grill and I cut into it. That boy's still mooing at me. And so you got to put it back on the grill. You got to put it back on the fire to finish the process. Well, that's how our life in God is. Sometimes God has to allow us to go through a fire so that he can refine our faith. If you know that when you're in the storm, it will help you to do well in the storm. Listen, I don't like the heat, but if I know that God is using it in my life, it helps me to engage him in the process. Listen, the Christian life is a lot of up and down, but one part of the Christian life you can know for sure, and that is that your sins are paid for and that you have a relationship with God. And Romans says it this way, if you'll believe that Jesus is God's son who died for your sins and, and that he literally physically rose from the dead three days later, and if you'll make him the leader and the Lord of your life, then God will save you. If you'll commit your life to follow Jesus, he will forgive your sins and he'll give you a new life with God. And I'm inviting you right now to take that step. You can say it out loud, you can whisper it, you can say it in your heart, but I'm inviting you to say a prayer with me where you commit your life to following Jesus. You receive his forgiveness in your life. Say it with me wherever you are. Jesus, please forgive me for turning my heart and my life away from you. I believe that you are God's son. I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. And three days later, and three days later, you rose from the dead. I, sur I surrender my life completely to you. Thank you for forgiving all my sins. Please fill me with the Holy Spirit to live the life you always intended for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, congratulations. You just made the, the greatest decision of your life, and I really want to help you get started well in your faith. So send me a text at that number. It's, it's my personal number. I want to help you get started this week however I can. Just say, hey, Dylan, I prayed that prayer. I'm going to help you take some next steps this week. If you're here today and you want to connect in any way, send me a text to that number. Say, hey, Dylan, can we connect up? Can we get a call? Can I learn more about King's Church? 
I would love to do that for you. I want to take this moment and give you an opportunity to give. And if you faithfully give to King's Church, I want to thank you. What you're giving is making a huge difference in our community and in our city. And if you'd like to give, you can send a text with any dollar amount. So you may text one dollar, dollar sign one, to eight four three two one, and then follow the steps that that text prompts you with, and you'll be set up to give from your phone at any time. Or you can go to www.kingschurchkc.com/give. Links in the chat, and you can give there. I want to end just by praying for you. Actually, this is a prayer. It's a priestly blessing from Numbers chapter 6. It's a blessing that the priest would pray over the people to declare God's blessing over their life. And I want to pray this over you right now. So wherever you are, maybe raise your hands or hold your hands out to God or just close your eyes in prayer. But I'm going to pray this blessing over your life. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us this morning. If you'll take a quick moment and click that share button and send this to a friend or post it to your page, I believe that that little step of sharing this message might be the thing that blesses someone. It might be the thing that changes someone's life. So take a moment and do that. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a joy to be with you. We'll see you next Sunday at 10 a.m.